You are now listening to Rest Days. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's important to note that some of the topics we cover could be triggering, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Rest Days. You are listening to an exciting Super Bowl episode with your two hosts. My name is Maria Sylvester Terry, and with me is the wonderful. Oh, Lauren Bolivelle. Oh, <laughs> we are so glad to have you, and I'm glad to be here. We are talking soup or bowl for the upcoming Super Bowl weekend, which um, we're going to be honest, we really don't care. <laughs> We don't care no. at all. We are starting with anti-clickbait today. Uh, we are just going to name that we don't care about the outcomes. We don't care about the partners of the people that are participating in the outcomes. Or not and, participating. Or not yeah. participating. Yeah. I don't, none of it. None, of, none it. of it. I think the same would go for we also don't care about influencers. And we also don't care about basketball wives is something that Lauren said. And I just cracked up. <laughs> it's not my universe you know no. like it's not it's not my i know everybody has their universe my cousin is a bravo universe girl um we know clara is a bravo universe girl sure um, but it's just and i i i'm not saying basketball wise on bravo i don't know but like i don't care like i when i like when i take my my uh influencer and trash tv i want the people to be like like me Yes. Yeah. I want the real reality TV. <laughs> right. I want, I want to see what the people in similar life positions to me are doing like on these reality TV. Like I don't want to see someone who is uber rich. Like they're no. already doing, they're doing such different things that I'm doing. So it's not appealing to me. No, no, it's not our thing. And we will not be, we won't be got this season by the, Super Bowl clickbait, uh, which also includes Super Bowl commercials. Do you watch Super Bowl commercials, Lauren? Did you ever get into that at any point in your life? I am. I actually have to really calm myself down because I get angry if sports are playing in my home. So I don't. I don't want. I don't want any sports on my television that I pay for in my home. Um, and I don't want to watch the commercials. I don't give a shit. I don't want to have these conversations. Like it's so. Yeah. It's so anti me. Um, and Scott. Scott innocently like tried to put on a sport. I literally don't remember what it was. Um, and I was like, I hear sport. <laughs> Turn off the sport. <laughs> It, this is not a sport house. Yeah. We have rules here. We have rules. Yeah, well, I know you're from a sport house, so I'm I know from a, it's a I'm little... from a very serious sport house where I don't get a lot of say because the people who love the sport are much more into the sport than I am, and there's more of them. So my mom and Caleb and you know aunts, uncles, just... whatever. My sister, yeah. I mean, I'll like go and like order some chicken fingers at a bar, no problem. And I also like enjoy the camaraderie of watching sports. Um, but I am, I'm easily agitated by things and easily frustrated. So um, for my for my mental health, I don't always get into into sport. We are very 
very excited for one element of this year's Super Bowl, which is the Usher halftime. The Usher, the Usher halftime show, Usher Baby. We are ready. We don't know what to expect, and expecting the unexpected is the rule for Usher, I think. I mean, I just think that this halftime show has all the drama elements that I want. Okay. Tell, some tell people aren't some people probably aren't happy about it. I don't really know. I'm sure they're not. <laughs> I'm sure there's okay. people who are mad about it. The difference between you and me is that I actually think that Usher doing the Super Bowl halftime show is healing and everyone is actually made <gasps> okay, right that's by good. it. I'm, Wait, like made, can... I'm made well by it. I'm like, oh, wow, but nature is healing. That's how I feel like everyone's down for it. So it's funny to hear a different perspective and you're, you're telling me that there's probably people who are not happy, but I can't imagine someone being unhappy. Well, yeah, because that's, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I got you there. You don't have to say that part out loud. You are, no, but you are, Maria is a big Usher fan. Mm. <laughs> I'm in another, I'm in another level of Usher fandom. Another level. Um, Maria was trying to figure out how we could get to the Super Bowl to see this halftime show. And I just spent the opener of this complaining about how much I don't even want to hear sport. And Maria was like, how can we go to the most expensive sport just for the halftime show? I mean, it's it's either that. I miss Vegas. Miss I would have the- done that for you, though. I want to know. Oh, I want you man. to know. I would have done Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, there's probably still time. I hope Usher is uh, eternal. That's, yeah. That is a level. I told you. It's another level of fandom. I love Usher the way people love Michael Jackson. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Okay. <laughs> so, I can't imagine people listening to this. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine our listeners just like sitting down innocently to listen to to Super Bowl and then this is what they're hearing. Yeah, and they're just not, to me, they're just nodding along. But maybe (laughs) your sense of humanity is more correct, which is they're going to turn it off. Um, Please stay with us. I have, um, I'll present to you, to y'all, the episode. We are going to move away from from Usher talk against my 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 feelings. Um and we're going to talk Super Bowl and part 1 is soup. We're going to talk about soup. Uh Lauren gave a really beautiful statement definition of soups. Could you repeat it for us all? I asked Maria. This was this was a question made and ask in confidence, but I asked Maria, aren't soups just hot smoothies? And I don't know if we have the answer yet, but I think that some soups are just hot smoothies. Some soups obviously are not. They are hearty and packed full of goodness. I'm thinking like your ramens, your fuzz, your like other soups like that. But some soup that people try to get away with is just a hot smoothie. Oh, and yeah. I, I stand on that. Yeah, I mean, I have a client who has the newest ninja, and apparently it has a heating element to it. Mm-hmm. Whatever they can, Everything has just, a heating element. Uh, we've talked about it. You're right. Or it's, it's that it, it whips it all so fast, it actually makes it hot. But she just threw a bunch of vegetables, mo- mostly like tomato-based, into this new ninja, and it whipped up itself so hot and smooth. It was a hot 
smoothie. And that was the intention of this smoothie. So, uh, I'm sorry, of this blender. So, I do think you are correct. I would say that soups are a hot smoothie. Some are more like a hot uh, acai bowl, you yes. know, with all the, the chunks on and the, the fun inside. Uh-huh. Um, I, I know chunks <laughs> is not the word, but, you know, parts and pieces. Um, <laughs> next time you get a smoothie bowl, you're going to be thinking, chunks, okay. I should probably resign from this episode. Um, but I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to force it. I feel like there are soups that are meals and soups that aren't meals. And totally. that is a really tough uh, spot for a lot of people. It's like they want soup, but there's no protein in there. Or is there? I don't know. How much soup do I need to eat to feel full? Before did you get- grow up in a soup family? I know I'm interrupting you, but did you grow up in a family where soup was a suggested thing you do for yourself? Because I grew up in a family where when we were hungry, my sibling and I were hungry, that would be a recommendation for us. And we would literally look at each other and be like, First of all, we're in Southern California. Like it's it's not what? all it's not frequently soup weather. Um and it was just like, oh yeah, just have some soup. We're like, what? And my sibling is like also like fairly big, tall, like needs to be fed. Um and yeah, like just like just eat some soup was like a recommendation. I'm like, that is not that's not gonna cut it. No, we were never recommended soup. No, my grandmother was a big soup person. And my grandfather, other side of the family, was also a big soup guy. But they were both cooks. Like, that's just like, they were both very talented cooks. They were making delicious soups. They weren't telling their kid to go pop open a can. No, my mom definitely was only a pop open a can if you're you're sick soup person. Okay. Um, And we always had punishment. Yeah. (laughs) And then we had a grilled cheese and soup night maybe every couple Mm -hmm. of weeks. Um, but we weren't big soup people at all. And then if someone brought us soup, you know, like we would eat it, but it was never like, oh yeah, the soup's here. We never really even ordered. The only person who ordered soup at a restaurant was my dad. He loved French onion soup, but he's like the only person I ever grew up watching. Like, yeah, let's talk about French onion soup being like one of the most labor, (laughs) like, (laughs) like the labor that goes into French onion soup is like not equivalent to how it tastes in my opinion <laughs> like you would think that you would think that it would be easier for like what's actually in it yeah. but it just takes so much time and so many onions oh my god so many onions they're all sweating in there for hours mm-hmm. and then the hours. cheese you know and it always has those cute little it always came in those cute little diner bowls that he loved the like crock looking thing oh it had to be a crock yes yeah because the and cheese had to be the cheese, on top, yes. yes um so that's kind of it what is your favorite soup I, I was really thinking on this one um and i'm just gonna have to say it's fun <laughs> it's gotta yeah. be like there's like it's literally the most healing soup mm, it is um, it is i just think like Southeast Asian flavors in general are some of the most healing soups. Um, I love like I love a spicy like tom yum like sour mm, I spicy love tom yum soup. Oh, so um, good! But when I first moved to Philadelphia, I didn't know where there was any Vietnamese food, and I got a really bad sinus infection. And I was like, Scott, if I don't have, pho, I'm gonna, I'm gonna perish. I won't be around anymore. And he's like, I don't even know what that is. And I said, you better figure out what it is. 
and where it is. And luckily, there are plenty of places to get it, but I just wasn't familiar with any of them. Sure, um, sure. And, you know, so I, my life was saved that day. But <laughs> that's like how I feel about it. I feel like it's something that it's just like so good. So many mix and match. Um, and, you know, it's a good intro to Vietnamese soup, I think. It is. Because it, it, gets, it, gets, it can get a little like um, more intense. The flavors can get like a little bit deeper umami, a little bit more fishy, a little bit more mm-hmm. um, spicy as you go along. But I think pho is a great intro. Like if I'm going to yes. take someone, I feel like everyone can eat it. Yes, I think so too. I think so, so too. So that's why it's my fave. How about you? Hmm. Well, I have a pre-New Orleans and a during New Orleans. Pre-New oh, Orleans. fair. Fair. <laughs> my favorite soup was uh, potato leek, which leeks are, Delish. you know, if you think French onion soup is a labor of love, potato leek soup. Not the potatoes specifically, but the friggin' leeks. Cleaning, I never, I never <laughs> cook leeks. <laughs> cleaning them. Before you can even cook them, cleaning them. I remember taking a culinary class and... I would just cut, keep finding sand. There's just so much sand. So I really became, I super respect any potato leek soup. And anytime I can get it, I will. Um, but when I moved here, I was introduced to a world of Vietnamese food. And pho became very quickly my favorite soup. Um, there's a period of my life here, right? Pho every week. Um, and you're right. It kind of, you can start with like a basic basic veggie or chicken or beef, but then you can kind of find your way into really incredible different proteins, different flavors. Um, I've just been so amazed at what pho has to offer um, in terms of, you know, that a specific restaurant's type or spin on it, or, you know, how much Thai basil can you possibly put in your mouth? (laughs) Like I freaking love it. And I'm really grateful to be in a city that is heavily influenced by Vietnamese culture and cuisine. Um, and they're, uh, it's just been wonderful. So I'm big on pho. That's so interesting that we were both like, yeah, this is the one. Um, no, it's, def- it's definitely the one. Yeah. Definitely the one. I think, like I said, I think pho is like the, is the, is the gateway Vietnamese soup though. Um, I've actually been in, one of the restaurants around here and they were like you don't want to order that one and i'm like no i do oh they didn't they didn't think you were ready they didn't know i was about that life but so (laughs) but like that's what i'm saying i think that pho in and of itself has so much variety that you can get into it and like start experimenting and then beyond that when you like drop your finger down one on the menu and you're like oh yeah. There's another soup on here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, I'm feeling a little brave today. And I've done that several times. Not brave, but like, you know, curious. Yeah. Um, I've done that several times. And the payoff has been, Scott has been very jealous when our orders come. And and I have something different uh, and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, um, Caleb loves to order the same thing over and over again. And I do love to get a little weird and just to get out of my comfort zone sometimes. And hit that drop down menu and find something new. So love that for both of us. Do you have a least favorite soup? Is that? I mean, I'm not super into like many of the canned soups, but I just told you that I 
grew up like with that where that was like a default one like yeah i was gonna cook anything and there was no food that makes um, sense that all checks so out. like yeah just like a very basic like that's the noise it makes when it comes out yeah. uh, <laughs> that's pretty good Lauren. i don't want it you know i yeah. i don't hate i don't i don't hate it and i would eat them but like they're not ever gonna be my first second third yeah. choice um i'd make it work but they're not my yeah my jam anything uh come to mind for you you know i i can't do the i want to be a broccoli cheddar girly but i'm just not i think my stomach is not i've had too many run-ins with broccoli cheddar where i'm like i don't know how the panera babes can do it but i cannot the run-ins yeah scott scott loves a broccoli cheddar and he just, <laughs> he's and, so broccoli cheddar in personality damn yeah he is but also like again who knows if he's actually he might be paying for it later but he doesn't yeah he care. might be no <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care he's not worried about it he's not worried about any of it no i'll just be like oh oh it's weird my stomach hurts like can't figure out <laughs> maybe it's the whole head of broccoli and the whole block of cheese melted into one bowl that's causing you an issue <laughs> It's sitting in a bread bowl, like yeah, or maybe it was the maybe it was just the uh the soda you out of it. I don't know, right? So right. funny. Well, I'm glad we could share our favorites and least favorites. I am gonna note as the registered dietitian of this podcast that soup gives people a lot of trouble, uh, not gastrointestinally, really. That's on a different level. I find that my clients that are trying to get out of diet headspace and want to be able to eat the things they're craving, they really feel like they can't find middle ground with soup. Like there's not enough protein or it's too much fat or is this enough food? Is this too much food? Am I going to be hungry later? To which I just want to remind everyone that it is okay to eat soup. Like it's just one time probably. It's not every day that you're just like eating a can of soup. If it is, we can talk. But um, I think let's take weight off of everything having to be about nutrition and enjoy a hot soup on a cold day. That would be okay. It is also okay for soup to be a side in addition to a dish. Um, and you can always add to a soup. I did something really bananas today. I did not have a lot of food in. I had a, a jar of soup from Trader Joe's garden vegetable, highly recommend. And I wanted it, but I didn't have any protein at all. And it was like, you know, a, a basically just straight veggie soup. I'm like, man, I really need something in there if I'm going to be doing the podcast, like working. So we had pasta, red lentil pasta. I was like, oh, oh I could totally do that. So I cooked a, a cup of uh, red lentil pasta, sprinkled it with some cheddar cheese, added it to the soup. And it was amazing. Um, called like, it a day. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Called it a great day. I mean, you can add rotisserie chicken. You can add sausage. You can add anything you want to a soup. There are no rules. Um, you can also just not. <laughs> and then the next meal, you get more protein. Like, I, I think. Right. Let's not lose sleep over soup. No, if you if it's something that you want and it's accessible and it's, you know, it's what's there in the moment, I think stressing over stressing over all the other things is like, hmm, we can we can deal with that later. Yeah, you can. We if we don't want to add it now, we can totally add it later. And I think that's the way to go. So if anyone was kind of like into the soup talk with feeling like they can't 
actually enjoy soup, we uh, we disagree and we want you to try maybe, in Lauren's words, not taking it that seriously. Not that serious. Yeah. Yes. It's just um, soup. Moving on. Moving on to bowls. Yeah. Soup or bowl. Uh, Lauren, favorite bowl in your house. Go. Okay. So we had a little conversation about bowls, actual physical bowls. Yeah, yeah the and, physical ones. Mm -hmm. um, everyone who knows me knows that I am a bowl plate person. Um, blate, if blate. you will. I will. But yeah. I was gifted... I was gifted in a PR set, a single blate. What? That like with the PR set. And, um, and it is the most magnificent bowl plate I've ever had. And Scott tried to use it the other day. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, I'm getting, I'm eating some food. I said, why are you using that bowl? Have you ever eaten out of that bowl? He said, no. I said, yeah, because I've never plated you food in that bowl. Right. Because that's mine. Um, I said, well, okay, if you want to use it, I guess you're taking on a lot of responsibility. <laughs> but <laughs> it's from it's from this company called Soil Baker. Um, okay. And they are Korean, I believe, uh, made in Korea. And they have so many gorgeous collections. I actually got overwhelmed. Um <laughs> I oh, got these, overwhelmed. These are nice. <laughs> yeah. The plates they have like for restaurants. So they have full restaurant wear and then they have individual, you know, plates that normal uh, everyday humans can buy if you're not running a restaurant. Um, it makes me want to start a restaurant just so I could have these these bowl mm -hmm. plates in it. Can you tell, like can you tell us, is it the pasta bowl? Is it the noodle bowl? Like which one is yours? Oh, let's see. Um, I think I have, it's by collection. So sorry, they all have different names, but I have a, a what I think is a pasta bowl style, um, which would make sense. Yes, it's a pasta bowl. Okay. And it's under a uh, Sando? Do you know? I'm your pretty book? sure. Okay. Yes. There we go. Um, these look gorgeous. Oh, yeah incredible i might have to get me some these are quite i think these are reasonable for dishes too if i'm not i don't mistaken. know i don't know how much i don't know how much i don't know can my, someone who's an adult tell us because yeah. i've only ever bought mine in packs from target or ikea <laughs> and i have my dishes from when i got married 10 years ago or eight years ago so and they're breaking we need to replace them i mm -hmm. mean these are gorgeous i my sister-in-law got uh little heavy hand on the Instagram clickbait and she bought everyday. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with everyday plates? They have a beautiful plate, beautiful bowl plate. Yes. Yeah. And you, it's, it really does make a difference because I've joked about it before and I get a lot of messages and people are like, no, for real. I take that seriously. It's mm -hmm. like the same, but I didn't want you to know that I took it as seriously as I do. Um, <laughs> But it, it matters, especially it as someone who, especially as the cook in the house, for me, mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's adding to my full experience. Um, and, yeah. and when we're talking about particularly, you know, there's food at home type nights, it kind of can make that a little bit different. My singular plate bowl plate that is only for me scott gets our regular regular one yeah <laughs> like, ceremonial <laughs> my beautiful plate. it's my turn it's 
My yes. Turn. Um, so are you are you interested in getting uh, any new pottery or are we going to try to get sponsored after this episode? Yeah, I'm I'm reading for sponsorship every day or our, our place. I'll take whatever um, I'm open. I um, I have to tell you, my favorite bowl is honestly just a glass Pyrex and I eat everything out of it. I eat oh, everything. I and I wait, that. can I educate the audience here? So I once wondered, can I put Pyrex glass in an air fryer? And the answer was no. And I learned it was no because you can only do that if your Pyrex is written with a capital P. Yeah, I was blown away <laughs> by that. If it is a lowercase P, it is a US made product that has this like blue some blue something like a chemical in it that will it will break shatter. um it will completely shatter all over your air fryer your even your oven i think maybe it's like only up to a certain amount of time in the oven mm-hmm. and microwave and i thought oh shit i gotta be careful with my precious bowls um but i will put a big salad in there i just had my soup pasta situation in there i'm i'm yeah. i'm rooting for a sponsorship from pyrex capital p or lowercase me capital p now that i don't exist That's well the- yeah but i mean i'm just saying i will i won't like look a gift bowl in the mouth if that's yes. what you're saying yeah yes now there are bowls that we really probably shouldn't be affording because they are 20 or more doll hairs <laughs> for the food that will be digested and then no longer there are expensive bowls that we would like to talk about that is the food bowl you get to order, the DIY, make it yourself, you know, order situation. We're talking your sweet green, your city greens, your dig in. Lauren, I know your feelings on this, but why don't you share? Yeah. Tell me how you feel about a good old sweet green. I mean, I I am totally into like those kinds of bowls. And I'm also not someone who works in an office five days a week week anymore. So I think that there's a big distinction with that because that's, I think, where people get got. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They get got because they're ordering sweet green or kava or digging or salad works or whatever it is every day of the week. And it adds up so quickly. Oh my God. And I does. know it's like, it can check off the fun little treat, but like mm-hmm. you, you know, you do need to eat lunch. So it's a combo, but I just, I, I really love going to those places and then figuring out what I like about it and then going home and trying to make my own. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's research they, and development, they really, I mean, their research and development team is, you know, like they're so good. I mean, the peach burrata from sweet green, yeah. I dream of that salad. And I'm so glad they thought of it so I can go home and do a really mediocre job of copying it. Personally. But in bulk. In <laughs> bulk. Yourself. Yeah. Like I'm going to have to buy five burrata. Um, and I'm going to. Because I think what we maybe love about those places is you don't have to make all the decisions yourself if you don't want to. Like they do have really good ideas and the flavors are all mm-hmm. melded so perfectly together. Um I love going home and doing a little copy paste action. You're very good at it. What are some of your favorite copy paste? I I I always stray so far because I can't be stopped. Every time I get in the kitchen, um, I will like I'll be looking at a recipe and I'm like, you know what? Actually, I know better. Um, and then it's completely different. But I love I 
I do love making salads with burrata, which was inspired by like a sweet green bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love, you know, a good burrito bowl. Uh, shout out to Chipotle, the one of the OG bowl bowl yeah, places, right? Like, yeah. Um, and so if you if you are like the Chipotle to there's food at home pipeline, you know, like a burrito bowl, a taco bowl, always delicious. Yes. And usually <laughs> leftovers. So that's the other thing that I really love about making bowls in general is that it's such a great way to figure out how to have leftovers and make a lunch out of it. And if you don't want to eat the same thing, if it's a burrito bowl, you could put it in a tortilla. Mm-hmm. If it's like, you could find a way to repurpose all of the things that you use in a bowl later on in the week, which is mm-hmm. why I'm such a huge fan of like putting them all in. I like doing like bulgogi bowls with like, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. With some kind of green, you know, sauteing and cooking some kind of green lots of flavor um and then something spicy something crunchy and i think that's really where the the love of doing a bowl at home like i have a giant thing of kimchi right now so oh game just, over yeah we're just figuring out all the places we can mm-hmm. use that and mm-hmm. i think again when we're talking about trying to be efficient with meal prepping or meal planning even if you don't prep it even if you're just like Everything is in a separate container, but I know I can dump it into a bowl mm-hmm. at the last minute and have something to eat. That's so, that's so important to me. I love, I love a bowl, a bowl night. Um, what bowl have you been eating recently at Ooh, your place? Um, I've been doing um, burger salad a lot, which has been With the so... dill? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll okay. use the dill, I'll use the dill pickle salad bag but like i've we just often lately been buying romaine um because we don't mm-hmm. use the bag salad quick enough so i'll do chop romaine and like kind of think of all the burger things so um cheese tomato i'll make a sort of like ketchupy or a mustardy vinaigrette um and we usually use either turkey burger impossible burger or something of that nature and then i want to have some sort of carb that's like burger like to me. So sometimes I do potato chips, but I real I have a lot of brioche buns here and I want to toast them and turn them into croutons. croutons. Yeah. yeah. I so think, that's, I think my, that's my journey delicious. lately. Yeah. And I cut up like, you know, three pickles in there, you know, I get, I get serious. 35 pickles. Um, <laughs> Why not? I think that if you're someone who is new to cooking at home or short on time or trying to figure out how to feed yourself a bowl is such a like getting experimental with your bowls and looking up different like one bowl recipes like are such a great resource um because you don't have to go all the way over the top you can have a rice base or a a greens base or both Mm -hmm. um, which is usually Mm -hmm. what I do you can you know all the options that they give you at these places you know if you haven't had the chance to do your own research uh, by going there you can always go online and look at them and then that's right you know everything on Pinterest has a copycat like you can find how to make that dressing so I think that that's also really helpful when I'm just like, uh, I have ingredients. I feel like you could just throw them in, repurpose, 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 yeah. eating it in different iterations all week long. Yes, yes. It, and it really allows there to be more flexibility with the food waste issue. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, oh, I haven't cleaned my plate or like, what am I going to do with all these leftovers instead of how can I bring these items together in a bowl? And you're very good at that. You used to send me lots of pictures of like a kitchen clean out, fridge clean out bowl. <laughs> I mean, just- it I made an had- amazing bowl this weekend with cauliflower that I got from one of the fridges because we dropped a bunch of stuff uh-huh. off at the fridge. And what- a thing about community fridges is like you can take pretty much anything. They were packed full. The fridges were full of cauliflower, which is great. Like a lot of people can use that. And a lot of people who are going to the fridges do not have a place to roast or cook cauliflower at all. Um, so I was like, yoink, I'm going to take this mm-hmm. and I'm going to drop off all these already pre-made things. Yeah. And yeah. Cause I haven't had, it was a beautiful, like they were beautiful cauliflower, but I just feel like they weren't, people weren't able to take them. And also there was no room in the fridge because um, they were so full. But I roasted that mm-hmm. this weekend on Friday, actually. Did potatoes, did cauliflower, did green beans. Oh These were all God. fridge, fridge clean out, my fridge and community cl- fridge clean out. Um, and then had that with some salmon on top. And it was like, yeah, it sounds so good. And then, you know, it invites a sauce. I feel like a bowl meal oh, invites I, a sauce, right? I did make a sauce. I did make a sauce. It yeah. was a spicy, like a creamy chimichurri style sauce. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're going to love it. I think that's like the nicest part of the bowl mentality for food is you really get to you get to play with food waste. You get to play with different flavors. And then you get to break a lot of rules that you may mm-hmm. have had before. Like, oh, I can't have potatoes or I can't have eggs, can't have cauliflower and this. It's like you can do whatever you want as long as it fits in the bowl and as long as you like it. And then you put a fun sauce on it and you're so excited you ate it that you're going to make it again. Oh, my God. That's a nutrition dream. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a dream. It's, it's a it's abil- your ability to like simplify some of these steps. And I know sometimes it feels, it can feel like uh, almost a consolation prize. Like when you're making your own, right? Like mm-hmm. making your own yeah. salad or making your own bowl. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> right. This is right. the worst. <laughs> but, but it can be fun as well. And also what I texted you like two weeks ago, which was like, please look at my br- all brown bowl that I oh, made yeah. of 50 shades of brown mm-hmm. <laughs> of food that I did not like we were just at the end of the grocery shop we were at the end of pretty much everything in our fridge and freezer at that point um and I made this bowl that I wasn't super excited about and it ended up being really delicious and now this week I'm replicating it with actual <laughs> ingredients instead of the four baby carrots that were hanging on for dear life in my in my, in my drawer no. that I was cook, stewing and like all of that I'm like yeah this is going to be a little bit better now that I actually have you know more yeah. than one garlic bowl <laughs> yeah well I'm so glad we got to talk bowls I, I don't think we've adequately maybe we have but I need everyone to know that bowls are very important to Lauren's nutrition <laughs> like they're so important <laughs> Um, bowls are at, at the main dump is just going to be all of my bowl <laughs> pictures that I've ever had. Like a little, a little comment about Usher on each bowl. <laughs> I think we have we have to consider that um, it's such good inspiration. Take it or leave it. Um, and 
there's just so much, um, so much that we can do by taking pressure off of ourselves. There's like, uh, there's goodness under there, this creativity waiting for us. So thanks for engaging in the delightful bowl talk. So we talked about the bowls. We've talked about the soups. We talked about the Super Bowl halftime show, which is the only thing we're excited about. There is one other thing happening on Super Bowl Sunday that we should absolutely tell people about. And that is Lauren's workshop. It's a back to movement workshop hosted on Super Bowl Sunday, especially for those who are also eager to do something else on Super Bowl Sunday that might be really nourishing for your bodies. Can you tell us about it? What is it? Yes. Yes. And also like, you don't, you can also be into the Super Bowl and come to my workshop because it's well before kickoff. Oh, fantastic. Um, it's in the morning, right? Yeah. It's at 1230. Okay, Eastern, great. So okay. We'll be fine. You'll still make it. Um, yeah. Back to movement is my response to the overwhelming question that I get answered in every single question box, which is how do I get back into this? How do I start moving my body again? Um, what do I do? Where do I start? And I am hosting this workshop so that we can go through all of those things. Where did you leave off? What's your relationship with movement? What do you want your relationship with movement to look like? How are we going to get from where we are now to mm. what you're looking to do in the next year and the next five years. I know we can't plan all the way, but you know what I'm talking about. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna go over some ways to set goals that don't end up being um, really filled with guilt and shame. Um, and that's what we're gonna do in this workshop. Yay! And I'm actually I'm over the moon. I'm so excited to host it because I just know by the amount of people who have asked this question, it's so needed and exciting for me to create a space where we can answer those questions together and go through some of this work and share in community and support one another because again it's a lot of guilt it's a lot of shame mixed into fitness and moving your body and that's what back to movement is going to help you get over and get through and sift through and reduce reuse and recycle fantastic i think there is such a huge need for that and maybe someone doesn't need it now but what if you get to run this workshop again and it's in an era where like, maybe you don't need it now y'all, but maybe you enter a period where there's less movement in your life and you're looking to get back to movement and Lauren runs it again. Like that could be really cool because we all go through seasons of lots of movement and seasons where movement doesn't quite happen the way we want it to. And accepting that uh, allows you to look at ways to get back to movement. So if you're nervous, if you feel like it could be a great idea, but you're not really sure, I think you should sign up because you're going to learn a lot. I can't wait to hear all about it. And we will do a nice little recap up to talk recap. about all the, I'm so all the wonderful that. things that you talk about. That is not to say it's the same as a workshop, but we'll hit a couple fun pointers. Oh yeah, we'll see what we learn together in that little community. Beautiful. Can't wait to hear about it. Thank you so much for offering it. We'll uh, provide a link for folks um, when we share about the episode. Yay. All Yay. right. Talk to, you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.